Hello, and welcome back to the Legends Podcast with me, Sarah Faruya of SF Creative and Sarah Faruya Coaching, where I am rising like a phoenix from the ashes after a one-year break to season seven, where our theme is legends of reinvention, stories of renaissance, and the phoenix rising from the fire. I believe there are many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories. So let's get into these creative musings from Sarah and her guests. Enjoy. Hi, just forgot to turn my... uh my microphone on for that first hi i've noticed every single time i start these i start playing with my hair it's so funny um and so when i watch back um i'm always just kind of i immediately start fiddling with my hair it's such a funny habit and i do it throughout um i haven't uploaded any of the youtubes yet i'm gonna do it between seasons so between season seven and season eight i'll start to upload the youtubes it's just a kind of fiddly job, you know? Anyway, welcome. <laughs> Bit of small talk there to ease me in, but um, welcome. Today is, um, it's the middle of February 2024 as I'm recording this. And this morning I had my grief circle that I run with Gretchen Miura, who was also in season seven of the legends podcast we had a really terrific conversation where we realized a lot about dragons and how they'd been a guiding um creature for her but also we didn't realize that it's the year of the dragon when we recorded that so that just makes it all the more fun and interesting that we were getting into that um, tomorrow, um, I'm running a clothing swap. Um, that's one of the things I do in my business that you may not know is I run clothing exchanges at one time. I run the largest clothing exchange in Tokyo. I'm not sure if that's the case now. I think it is. I think I've got about 40 people coming to tomorrow's event. But um, about 2019, yeah, 2019, when I closed down, the swap in in the main venue we used to be in another venue somebody lent us their kind of hotel lounge um for it was just brilliant it was like an enormous hotel hotel lounge that we kind of took over and the last one there was 160 people <laughs> it was really awful actually i mean it was brilliant but it was also awful it was hectic and really full on too many people I think a nice number for that swap was about 80 to 100. And um, so I love these events. I really enjoy running them. And I have, um, I wasn't the founder of these things. I'm the founder of this one, which is called the Mega Style Swap. Now it used to be called the Tokyo Mega Swap because it was mega. But I've kind of gone off that name now. So the next one I run, I'm taking the mega out of it and I'm going to call it just style swaps because I want it to have a slightly more classy feel and less of a kind of like mega feeling to it. <laughs> so it'll be the Tokyo style swaps and they're a bit smaller now and hopefully the venue will um, let us have their space again because I really like this little venue. It's in a venue called Blink in Rapongi. Uh, 40 to 50 is a good um, amount of people to go to that one. And it's just kind of cool. You know, it's a nice place where younger people have their 
office space and their um what do you call it co-working space but they've also got an event space on the front and they also let me use the back as well so I've done it there once before and I'm going to be doing that there tomorrow but it will be not tomorrow it will have been last Saturday by the time this or whenever you're listening to it <laughs> February 17th 2024 this event will have happened I'll probably do a whole episode creative musings on the swaps and and how great they were and how great they are. And I'm actually going to do some shopping very often. I kind of don't shop and just come away with maybe five or six items. But tomorrow I'd really like to find some nice things because um, I'm not shop shopping at the moment. And I'm just kind of using what I've got in my wardrobe. Um, I'm a different person since I went sober, since I had my hysterectomy. I just feel kind of different. And so um, I'm happy with my, I'm not as focused on a certain style right now so I'm letting my hair grow I'm not changing my glasses up I'm just wearing the clothes that I've got I usually had a very very distinct style direction year by year season by season and so on and um, though but right now I'm in a kind of rediscovery phase it's a lot of potent magic and so that's that so I'm talking here about like partnering with people and this is a another love letters series. I like it could be a series. So this is my love letters to um I've just turned Siri on by saying series. <laughs> so um yeah, this it's not really a series, but I just did the love letters to my coaches, love letter to my coaches last um, musings and this one is going to be a love letter to my collaborators and to people who have kind of I'm going to use this word very loosely healed me so massaged me or um or who have outsourced things to people who have helped my life who have put the scaffolding in around my life and that could be me paying them or them paying me or just a collaborative exchange and uh, I really want to honor those people because I know for me if if you know I I one of my kind of core core things that really props me up and really feels right to me is generosity and I think it's really nice to recognize other people's generosity as well so it's not essentially it, it it i do love to feel generous and it at this kind at this time um i'm not in a financially kind of a, a position to be financially generous so i can be generous with my gratitude and my ideas and so on because i'm just building out my financial future right now so and that could be another musing that i do as well i'm i think financial stuff is so important it's so important to get it um, just very ordinary level of safety and security for yourself. You know, coaching goes through these phases of being this very kind of rah, 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 um, abundance mindset and all this kind of stuff. And it can kind of swallow you up into this kind of sea of worshipping billionaires and, and wanting to, everybody can be a millionaire and this kind of thing, which is, which is fine. That's fine. On the other hand, it can sometimes, I think, divert people away from just making really very straightforward and average, ordinary financial decisions that will that don't provide a lot of dopamine or aren't very sexy. 
And um, although I find it very sexy at the moment, looking at all, all the options that I have for the money that I have saved. And I've just noticed I've got in my inbox something from my financial planner and um, cooking up some ideas there. So it's it's an interesting, interesting time. Um, I feel like I'm ping-ponging around a little bit here, but talking of financial stuff, the first person that I am going to honour today is my former tax accountant, Yasuko Mori. Now, for anybody who's listening to this right now who knew her, um, let's just take a moment to remember her. This week, about a month ago, we started to get information coming through that she was sick. And now it's transpired that she has died and she suddenly died. And it's been my, the person who deals with my taxes there did send me a message to say that things are very confusing for them. And I'm in the business now of um, finding a new tax accountant. I am not panicked about this because for the last year, last year was really horrendous because it was just a lot of change and there was a lot of change in the business and there was a lot of change in the tax rules. And so it was really stressful trying to get all that together. It's not my natural instincts to do this stuff. Um, although I am getting into it more now, if I'm talking to the right people about the right things and finding out the right information, I find it much more useful. Um, but so basically with Maurice-san, she set up her business probably about 10 years ago when I first met her. I was introduced to her by somebody else who I will honor directly after this, Yoko Majima. And um, she, it, it, it was a tax accountant, but that's not all it was. It was a whole ethos around helping people. And I miss her greatly. And she, I learned a lot from her. And so this, this first section is to honor her and to say thank you to her. Um, I will never stop doing this because it breaks my heart when um, the things that I have done for people or when I notice that other people are not being recognized for the things that they do. And I, so I just never want to stop doing this, not because I don't want to be seen to be a hypocrite, but because I just see how important it is to keep the, the gratitude rolling. And in the wake of all this, I have received a lot of a lot of messages from people because I ended up being somebody who, if I love a service, I will recommend it. Maurice San was always grateful until the the very last for that. She never didn't acknowledge that every time I saw her, and so I want to acknowledge her, and I want to um, send this out into the ether. And I hope she knew that. I hope she knew that the last time I saw her was at my 10 year anniversary party in October, 2022. And again, it was just typical of her that she made time in her, she made time in her week, her very busy week to come out to Zushi where I live and to celebrate and to bring a beautiful bottle of champagne and celebrate with us and I, I'm just forever grateful for that. And she gave me a beautiful little note, which I thought was lovely. So when I first met her, 2014, she'd got this ethos behind her organization. She was looking for ways to support, especially the foreign community in Japan, because, you know, a lot of us have small businesses and struggle with these kinds of things, taxes. And this was her ethos, number one, to deliver 
a feeling of relief and security to clients. A, a relief and security. So relief that somebody else will do your taxes in a uh, in in your language or in the lang in the common language. And the second one, and the security as well, the security of knowing that it's been done well and done by somebody who's an expert. And the second uh, principle was we keep our visions higher, learn from all over the world and sustain our progress. So constantly innovating and meeting the needs of different um, tax zones and so on. So those were the two um, the two principles, and this is why she was so beloved of so many people and me too. So I was introduced to her by the immigration lawyer, Yoko Majima. At that time, I was, I just um, stopped being the president of Few Japan and Yoko was still on the board and I was um, introduced to Mori-san and then immediately began to use her, her her offerings. I didn't know what I was doing. She just said to me to send everything to her. I, I met her a number of times. I can remember the first, one of the first meetings I had with her. She said, this is what some of my clients use. They fill everything in on this, this spreadsheet every month and they log. And she saw my face kind of freezing up and like my eyes glazing over. And she literally pulled the sheet away from me and said, we're not doing that. You can pay an extra, whatever it was at the time, I can't remember, 30,000 yen, and we will log this for you. Because she knew that that was a really poor use of my time. So that was something I'm incredibly grateful to for her, was that she had this intuitive sense that some people don't have that ability, that capability. And that's not one of my capabilities. I used to feel so ashamed of that, really ashamed. But now I realize that that's part of my ADHD is that complete inability to, to, to deal with spreadsheets unless I'm really being helped and looked over, or I really, really know what I'm doing, or I get hyper-focused and I can just get into it. Um, I can't consistently do something like that, which is why I pay somebody else to do that now. So I'll just do a quick uh, uh, shout out to an organization called And Assist now, who um, use the talents of women who have maybe jumped out of the workforce to take care of their younger children uh, or who want to work out of their homes, not outside the home. And they are paid to do this um, uh, admin work. And so now I send all my receipts every month to this organization and assist, and they were communicating with Mari, my tax accountant. So that's the first time that I really thought, wow, this, this, this is great. This woman's really, she's going above and beyond. You know, she's really understanding the kind of relief that people need to feel and the kind of people she's dealing with are often very creative um, and uh, creative, uh, but not very left-brained perhaps, or just find it very difficult to follow the tax laws and then enter everything in. I mean, I can read and read and read this stuff and I kind of understand it. I could probably teach it back to somebody else, but if I have to implement it myself, very, very difficult for me to do that. And that's something I know about myself. It's not something that I can learn. So um, that was that. And I, I really thought she was brilliant. So then I invited her to me and Yoko Majima were running alongside another person, the Small Business Salon for Few, for Empowering Women, the women's networking organization. So pr prior to that, and good, the 
the coach I had mentioned earlier, had started up something called the Small Business Salon. And this was for anybody who had small businesses or who was freelancing in the organization. There was lots and lots of people. And it's where we pooled our resources, pooled our knowledge, had uh, networking together and got a lot of information about how best to run our businesses. It was brilliant, actually. Um, I can't remember what it was called. It was it was called the Small Business Salon at one point, And then when I was running it, I just only ran it for a year. Um, it was called something else, but I can't remember what it was now. I can't remember. Anyway, it was for small businesses. So I invited Maurice San to come and speak at that event and talk to people about tax and so on. I don't remember the details, to be honest with you. I would just, I'm very focused on hosting and looking after people. So a lot of people as a result of that um, took up Maurice San's services. And um, so I'm very grateful. Quite a few of those people then texted me when they found out that Maurice San had passed away and said, you know, we're so sad to hear this. And we thank you to you because you introduced her. And I really, really appreciated that. So now I want to on, keep honouring Maurice-san in, in her absence as well. Because this kind of service that somebody offers like this, um, here's more on the principles. We will devote ourselves to the sustainable prosperity of society and the well-being of people through our business progress development based on the principles which are everlasting throughout the ages it's quite esoteric in a way isn't it it's a real it's a business and it's a service and I never begrudged a single penny that I handed over to her for that so um about three years in I think she had a party for her business and this is where I got my idea for my parties from actually um, and she she had this party in a nice area of Tokyo called Hiro. And it was in this lovely place with all glass windows that looked out onto a garden and it had a grand piano. Now, this is typical of Mari-san. She was really, really humble and she was learning how to play the piano. And so in order to give herself the gift of feeling like a concert pianist, even though she was, you know, kind of beginner, piano person she did a piano recital for us so we all went we had a buffet I went with my friend Helen who I will mention in a minute as well and I met two other friends who had a had a business called the Northmen and they were kind of cool guys like um, Scandinavian guys and um, who became mates then and we had a lovely dinner a lovely luncheon and then um, listened to her talking and thanking everybody for their business and it was just brilliant networking it was a good idea she did this recital and that's what gave me the idea for the parties that I then went on to have called the kindred spirits parties that I started in 2019 and then 2020 um, for my clients um and then also my 10-year celebration party in October 2022, because by that point, I think I already knew that I was going to kind of shift the business over so it wasn't appropriate to have one in February. So, yeah, so um, she inspired, she was inspirational uh, as well as just very practical um, and inspired me in that way. I 
then um she would all, and she came to my parties as well so she again february that is the hot steaming eye of the storm of tax time but she would come to my parties even for, if for an hour during that time to celebrate with my clients, some of whom were her clients, because again, when I was running my group programs, I would recommend people who were starting their own businesses to her. And again, she never, ever um, didn't thank me for that. She always thanked me for that and always made an effort. One of those people who I introduced to her was a friend called Helen, who had also been a client. And she, and again, this is typical of Mari San. She then invited Helen to come um, as a paid teacher and teach her office English. So everybody in the office could speak English to some degree, but Helen was there to improve their English so, so that they could better serve their clients, but also so that they could, um, uh, they could um, give her some work as well. So there's this kind of, constant it's it's a sustainable prosperity that's what she means there's this kind of loop that goes on so you know you're not making somebody else's business I would never claim that I'm the person at the center of making Marie Sands business but I do acknowledge that she and I have this kind of cyclical cyclical um um way of of looking after each other and and remaining in gratitude for one another's one another's work, even though there was a very clear transaction in place as well. Another client who um, I think I introduced to her uh, is a lawyer, Catherine, and she went on, as soon as she started working with her or as soon as she was introduced to her, she then went on to contribute to Maurice Sand's newsletter, um, giving some law tips and uh, and stuff, or so, I don't know if it was law consultation but it was like a series of pieces in her newsletter now let's talk about Morrison's newsletter Morrison was a Morrison was a, a really unique character a really really unique character and every single month without fail she would put together a paper newsletter pre-punched so you could put it inside a folder um a paper newsletter with with printing photographs on each side. So it would give you some kind of tip or technique about a lovely tip or technique about um, tax um, and always timely. So if there was any changes or updates or things we needed to know, she would put that in her newsletter so that everybody was up to date and well-informed on what they needed to do. But the sweet thing was she would all, always, always put a... Um, picture of herself doing something and what she'd been up to whether it was running a marathon or fruit picking or visiting another part of Japan or going on holiday abroad and this was this I just this really lovely melding of the personal with the professional so it was useful but also there's that kind of heart-centered part of it as well and I I take heart from that myself because I think that I also bring that to, to my business and it's a it can be very frightening sometimes don't, don't get me wrong like don't get me don't get me mixed up don't mix up that everything I do is done without courage bravery or understanding that there's some risk and understanding that it that the way that I show up very much the face of the business doesn't come with a certain 
you know, it comes with a certain set of risks. Um, and But I take heart when I look at her because I just really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that she brought so much of herself to the table and so much of herself to the business and that she acknowledged that there is a professional. There is the professional and the personal. I think in my business model, it would be that there's the science, the psychology, and that science side is she's giving us tips about tax. And then the psychology side is like the look at me doing this thing and then there's some magic that comes from that there's something beyond just that information that comes from that I mean she's she's attracting the right people she might attract people to that region that she's visited or that sake brewery that she's visited or something like that and she just really understood that really Oh, there are many ways to lead a life, as I say. And that means to me as well, there are many ways to lead a life means that kind of breadth and the ability to hold the fact that we're dealing with human beings, even in business, it's a human centered, everything is human centered, all humans are leading their lives in different ways. And I think it takes a certain amount of courage and maybe a little eccentricity, a little flavor, a little flavor to not just focus only on the the science side of things, the professional side of things, the informational side of things, and to bring one's own self to the table as well. It can, it, it's, a, it's a special thing that I really, really appreciate, appreciated about Maury. I want to send out my sincere sincere thanks and thoughts to the people in her office it was a family business and her many members of her family worked inside that organization this is a terrible shock she was very young only in her 40s and this is my love letter to her to Yasko Mori please join me in honoring her and the way she ran her business the unique beautiful amazing way she ran her business and also to her staff members who supported the business so fiercely and now that this terrible terrible shock has occurred my deep deep condolences and sincere sincere sadness on the passing of this Tokyo stalwart, this unbelievable legend, a real legend, a real mythical person, somebody who constructed such an interesting story around her. I am so sorry for your loss, everybody. And I'm sorry for our loss. I'm sorry for our loss. I'm sorry for the loss to the foreign community in Japan. This leaves an enormous gap not just in her service, but in her way of doing things and the way she showed up for us all and the way that she always had this eye on the sustainable prosperity of society and the society that she was in contact with as well. So, Maurice-san, we salute you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your magic. And thank you for sharing so much of yourselves with us. Rest in peace.
The next person I'd like to honour today, who I have a love letter for, is Yoko Majima from June and Associates. She's an immigration lawyer, again, who I have recommended to multiple millions of people. <laughs> We had we had lunch last week. Um, I love her. <laughs> she was a friend. She um, started to come to Few for Empowering Women, um, networking there. She had her small business, of course. And also, um, I think it was just a really great place for her to source business, but also to be part of the foreign community and understand what people's needs were. And she was one of the people who was instrumental in helping me when I left my job and started my own business in 2012. We were on the board of directors together at that point, the board of directors of few together at that point. And I had said to her, she she had special offers at that time. This is like going back 12 years. At that time, she had special offers for few members um, to do their um, permanent residence or to do their visas at a very, very discounted rate for the women who were in that organization. So we just, it was just so great. View for Empowering Women had so many excellent things on offer. Really, really amazing things that really changed people's lives. And, and you know, that's one of the places I'll be honoring today as well. No particular individual, but that organization itself. So, you know, with Mari-san and with Yoko and with the Small Business Salon and then the next iteration of that that was run by Anne Good and then me and Yoko and another person, you know, literally changing people's lives. And Yoko Majina literally changed my life. So I was married by then. I'd been married quite a few years. And because I was leaving my company and I'm a foreigner, I needed to change my visa. And for reasons, just reasons, I didn't want to go on a spousal visa. I wanted freedom. I wanted to feel free. Free is one of my words of the year this year. And so I asked Yoko to do my permanent residence for me. She did it at a terrifically discounted rate, like ridiculously discounted rate. And what she said to me, oh, my God, I've just remembered this. It's breaking my heart. Thinking about it, she said, Sarah, you do so much for everybody because the few presidency was a volunteer role. Um, you do so much stuff for everybody else. I want to do this for you at this incredibly discounted rate. And I was like, really? I can't, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I was so grateful and so humbled. Uh, one of my other um, podcasts, I talked about the um one of my other creative musings, I talked about the times when I'd been truly humbled by people. I didn't mention this in that one, but this was one of those times when I was truly, truly humbled. And really, again, she taught me the the value of, of really recognizing what people do um, for you, even if you're paying them, even if you're not paying them, even if you're in receipt of the payment, even if it's you know, and not to sniff around looking for gratitude or something like that, but just that if there's just so much generosity and gratitude in the emotional fields that we have between us, then it just creates something so special. There was something so special going on at that time. Um, and, and always, always in these, that was for me, that was the time for me when that was feeling very, very special in my early 40s. And again, she was just somebody who taught me that and our our relationship 
she she got really annoyed with me once because I said one thing and then did another. And guess what? That's ADHD, I realise now. And she said it and I apologised and course corrected and we were fine. And I love when people can handle conflict like that and it didn't impact our relationship at all. Um, she just learned, she learned me better. Had no, I think I'd offered her a, a board member, a board member on, I'd, I'd offered her one board member role and then I offered the same role to somebody else, but that's ADHD and she was really pissed off and I don't blame her, quite right too. And she called me out on it and I was so happy <laughs> in a really straightforward and direct way that I just loved. It was brilliant. And um, yeah. And so I course corrected, I had to course correct with the other person and then with her and it all worked out fine. And, you know, we went into the next era of few fine. She is, her business has grown and her reputation has grown. So that was the very beginning of her business, I think, maybe one or two years prior when she was in the building phase. And then it, it changed over. I was a client. I also then paid for her services later on by the hour because I had some tricky situations that I needed to deal with. I have sent people to, she's very inclusive. I've sent people to her from all different kinds of countries because of course my British passport means that it's um, being married to a Japanese person meant that my permanent residence was very straightforward. I just signed a piece of paper let, which said that she could have anything she wanted and then she just went and did it and it was done in three months. I'm very, very lucky that is pure luck uh, well the part that isn't luck is that I always paid my taxes and always um kept everything above board since I moved to Japan I never did anything that would I just wanted to be a straightforward person paying taxes and doing all that kind of stuff without any ambiguity or foolishness so that's the bit that I'll take for myself. Well done, me. At that time, touch wood, I've got to get a new tax accountant now. But um, Yoko and her organisation, June and Associates, absolutely brilliant. And again, she has since employed. She So, you know, on our board of directors, we were really tight. I think she came in as the kind of co... She came on board my final year as a kind of co-finance co-membership um role something like that she was in a kind of co-role with somebody she was in a floating role or something like that and then she became the finance director I think in the after I'd left but one of the other boards of directors members she became good friends with and then employed their sister into her company so there is this just constant kind of flow of gratitude and we went out last week and usually I said to her because she'd been so generous with me that she would never, ever pay for a meal when I was out with her. But she paid last week. And I said, I told you I would never, ever, you would never, ever pay for a meal when I'm out with you. And she said, it's expired. <laughs> but it's my call next time. And we got another date in the diary, which is just lovely. So 
This is my love letter to Yoko Majima, a person who has served the foreign community in Japan for their visas, for their immigration issues. I've introduced people who are in gay partnerships, who were looking for how they can get around visa things. Um, I recommended people who had passports who weren't as that weren't as fabulous as my uh, as, as useful or what, what would you call it? Like as privileged as mine, passport privilege as mine, maybe people from the Philippines and so on. Um, and then I've, I've introduced a, a slew of people to her who have helped them out with their um, permanent residence. I would unreservedly recommend her. And for that 12 years ago version of me and her and how much impact she had on my life is just fantastic. So Yoko, Yoko Majima, immigration lawyer extraordinaire. This is my love letter to you for easing my transition from um, full-time employee into sole proprietor. I salute you and I thank you. All the righty then. Next, I want to honour, now last time was my coaches, this time I want to just honour and thank. When I was at university 30 years ago, I was really struggling um, to stay on top of everything. I did. And... Well, I didn't, but they had a counselling service at the medical centre and I used it and I had two fantastic counsellors who helped me to regulate myself and to talk about what I was going through. Now what I understand is it was a undiagnosed ADHD um, and they didn't recognise that then either because it just wasn't really something that they would recognise in adult women. Um, but they gave me really great advice and listen to me. I can't remember what that advice was now. Um, but when I was at university, so this is, you know, classic, isn't it? Classic ADHD, like you're doing so many things, but you become completely overwhelmed, but you still think you're lazy. And this, I think, was something, and it impacts your self-esteem. It impacts your ability to do things. It impacts your ability to not be spontaneous and in impulsive and to make good decisions, but I did make good decisions. When I was at university, I made really good financial decisions. So I worked throughout university. I worked at one of the pubs on campus. It was called the Saxo Potatoes. And I worked there a lot, a lot of hours. I worked during my holidays and so on because I just wanted to make sure that I kept on top, didn't take too many student loans and kind of kept on top of my, my spending and and so that I, I could generate some income. That's always been my way. And also I just met great people. You meet so many people in pubs. Um, I also was the captain of the badminton team. Um, I played badminton competitively from when I was, oh, I don't know, 10 or something like that. I played badminton in adult teams from when I was 12. And, uh, and I started to play uh, for the university team. And then in my second and third years, I think I was the... Uh, captain and I would also drive the minibus all over the country to go to other universities to play Wednesday afternoon tournaments and so on um, I was doing all these different things still thought I was lazy but I was struggling with the study part of it I was struggling to with that kind of disciplined step-by-step -step stuff and um, that is so typical of ADHD so um, I still got a you know a reasonable degree and uh, in a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and Biology but it was with the help and the counsel of these two counsellors. Um, I don't remember their names. I only remember what one of them looked like. She was a very kind lady. I think she was from Africa. 
And um, I don't remember the other woman at all. I don't remember the other woman at all. But um, so, but they were great. So I, I salute you. And this is my love letter to the people who are counseling people who are struggling at university. Um, and I got on top of it and I got my degree and it was a short term engagement where I was just given some techniques and some help to to think that I'm, I was all right. Next is acupuncture. I want to talk about my darling. This is my love letter to my darling, darling Kumi, Kumi Tsukioka. Again, somebody who provided such unbelievable service to the community, the foreign community here. So Funnily enough, we shared a lot of clients, which is unsurprising, really, because my style of coaching and kind of people's need for uh, um, physical therapy, because it's not just acupuncture. She also does like massage and um, moxa and other Chinese remedies. And I would go to her and book like an hour, an hour and a half and just had such brilliant experience. I would see her very, very regularly because again, like being the way that I am being this kind of sponge for everything and being so kind of, um, you know, scoring very highly on intuit intuition on Myers-Briggs or on psychometrics and things like that. It means my antenna are very rarely down. I'm like a snail that's got its eyes out constantly. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I so I just needed somebody and I still do now. I think I, that was that's something I really miss is having a good like body pummel. <laughs> I was going to this thing called Dr. Stretch, which just didn't suit me because I don't like being forced into all kinds of positions. But um, uh, that's what she said. Anyway, um, acupuncture. So Kumi, and she did so many other of my clients. And I think she recommended me to some people. I think even though I've wept in her arms, she knows all my secrets. She knows how hard, like she knows, she knows a lot of the kind of back end of me, like how, how hard I work to maintain myself and how much I I, I'm going to say give out, but I don't mean how giving I am. I don't mean that. I mean how um, how much effort it takes to look this effortless in extroversion, you know? <laughs> how, how much practice and maintenance I put into being this full in the world and always have. And so, you know, I would be getting exhausted at work and so on. And then I would go and see her. That was just part of, you know, it's not like it's not like the last couple of years where I properly, properly burned out. I was probably on the way to burnout, but I was younger and everything was not everything was in some kind of maintenance with the booze and the normal hormones and so on. And just that kind of just being younger. <laughs> Uh, and not knowing, like not kind of understanding ADHD. So masking was holding me together as well uh, back then. But she was one of the people who kind of knew and understood how how um, tender and, oh, this makes me feel a bit shuddery to say, but how vulnerable. Oh, no, not vulnerable. Um, how sweet 
and soft I was on the back end and just a lot of stuff was happening back then as well like a lot of things in my not necessarily to me but in my world with my very closest people there was a lot of shit happening at that time and I just remember one time you know if you've ever been to acupuncture or any kind of Chinese remedy places you put your tongue out and they look and read your tongue and things like that and you, I sit on the end of the bed and she's like, are you all right? And I would just give her an update, like what's going on, how you, she'd ask how you're feeling and what's going on for you and about your energy levels. And she just had a lot of questions. She would tick off on her sheet. Very skilled, very, very well educated in all this kind of um, Chinese medicine. And I, um, I remember just bursting out crying and telling her, oh, you know, this and that is happening in my life. And she just put her arms around me. And I gave myself over to her like a baby does and cried into her shoulder, like sobbed into her shoulder. And she just let me do that until I got to that point. <laughs> and then she said, OK, lie down. Then <laughs> started massaging me and giving me acupuncture and putting the acupuncture points in. And I always just felt so great afterwards, you know, just so great. And she used essential oils as well, which just smelled so nice. She never tried to employ me into an MLM, I might add. She used essential oils from somewhere else. So um, sort of recruit me into an MLM. She wasn't that kind of person. She was very, 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 very ethical and skilled. And then we'd have a little cup of tea and I'd pay her and, um, and then I'd leave. And, and then somebody else would come in. But yeah, there was a couple of my clients who were her clients, well, actually loads. We shared loads and loads and loads of clients. And, um, you know, I'm sure she recommended some to me as well, as I've mentioned. So this is my love letter to my acupuncturist. Thank you. You really helped to stabilize me. And how dare you start a perfume company up and then run away to Spain? and leave me <laughs> sniffing around. I mean, where I live, it's a seaside town where people surf, stand up paddleboard, do all these outdoor sports. It's a really outdoorsy place. So it is crawling with chiropractors, acupuncture, massage places. Um, but I'm just not brave enough right now to go and uh, in my old place where I lived, Shinnakano, I found a Chinese massage place that I used to go to and I loved it because they were just rough and we, none of us could speak Japanese very well but that was our common language so we just spoke in rough Japanese with each other and they had this um bar on the ceiling that they would hold on to and walk up and down you and great um and it and it looked like a kind of fading whorehouse or something that was the kind of decor it was like really a funny little place but I absolutely loved it and I just went back all the time because I like familiar places don't like having to go and make friends with people and kind of work things out but my previous coach told me I was codependent because of that but it's just um when you reach burnout sometimes you just find even the smallest things like that very tricky and especially in your second language okay so I think I'm saying thank you to the Chinese massage place in in Nakano hope it survived COVID I loved it and also a uh, deep bow to Kumitsuki Oka, my acupuncturist. Okay, two therapists, Maggie and Anna. Thank you.
Maggie was the sweetest person who looked after me so well and was just so kind and insightful and took me through so many great exercises in her in her place. Um, and she was just very compassionate and kind as well as being a, a skilled therapist. I think for the first two or three times I went to see her, she just listened, nothing else just nothing else just let me be there and talk through the things that I wanted to talk to her about and then Anna who I again have recommended she sent me a Christmas note once saying thank you <laughs> because I must have recommended I don't know five to ten people because I'm an ethical coach if I feel like we're skirting too far into the therapy zone I I do flag that to people and say perhaps you want to go do you know what I'm a fool, aren't I? And she even said that to me. She goes, I think you could probably have dealt with a lot of the problems <laughs> that people came to me with. But I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not willing to do that. I like to, I like people to be able to seek safely. And I want to be able to recommend a good therapist who came well recommended to me. Thank you very much. If you're listening to this and you were the person who recommended her, do not have my your permission to mention your name, so I won't. Um, but, um, yeah, so I went to her for a few, for a few sessions when I was feeling really, really overwrought about three years ago and then stopped because maybe it was two years ago, stopped about two years ago. Cause I just kind of reached my edge. And also there was so many different, there were so many people from my life going there as well. I started to feel a bit weird about, I, I could feel myself holding back talking to her. So I got a coach instead. All right. Brilliant. Um, the next person I want to say a big thank you to, and this is a love letter to, is Christine Brown. And she's an intuitive coach. So she kind of fell into the last one, but didn't kind of, that was more just coachy coaches, but she's an intuitive coach. And she started practicing three or four years ago, maybe five years ago, and came to my attention through few, maybe. I actually can't remember how I met her now. That's so weird because it's not a, it's not a really old friendship, but it's, I don't, I genuinely don't remember how I ended up meeting her. Anyway, I decided to try out her intuitive coaching and really liked it. It's a really esoteric kind of ethereal thing. And she's very kind and very thoughtful. And um, I enjoyed it a great deal, so much so that I wanted to bring a, a different flavor to my one year group. And I invited her to. So I invited her. When I say invited her, what I did was I paid her for a session with each of my what was called the unicorns. There were eight people who came into my coaching program the first time round. And I called them my unicorns because I was so happy and grateful to them for for kind of taking a chance on me coaching for one year and so all my unicorns in year three or four of the program anybody who was kind of left got a session with her and then I think the next month maybe the next year as well maybe I did two years with her she so what I always do when I employ people in to do things like that is I just pay them up front I say I have this many people and then I pay them up front because I rather like this kind of um interesting transaction where I say this is part of your program take it or leave it they get paid for the amount of people in my program if they choose not to use it by the expiry date then 
that person still gets paid. The, the practitioner still gets paid for the spot that they've agreed to. And I, uh, and it just felt clean and straightforward and it reduced down kind of paperwork and back and forth, but it also just felt very generous to me, um, in a, in a kind of innovative kind of, um, nouveau capitalist kind of way, if you like, innovative capitalist kind of way. So we're still in exchange, we're still in transaction, we're still paying each other and we're still delivering services, but it's not a, a big transactional kind of thing. And Christine has always been incredibly generous back to me as well. So she took all my clients one year and some of the clients the other year through uh, intuitive sessions and she was incredibly generous to me as a result um, because then of course my clients some of them went on to have more sessions with it or they gifted sessions to their um, to their friends or family so this kind of ongoing thing this kind of Mari-san model keeps going this kind of flow of generosity between people and, um, you know, I never expected that we were in a transaction, but it's just such a, it's so gracious to, to, to recognize and acknowledge these things. I think it's beautiful. And, um, so that's Christine and yeah, she still does her intuitive coaching. So you should try and find her. <laughs> I can't remember what her business is called now. Anyway, intuitive healer, Christine Brown, intuitive coach, Christine Brown, I think you'll find her. Um, declutter coaches. So again, I've had two people come and help me to declutter, if you like. I've had cleaners as well, so I'm going to honor those as well after this. So the first one was Paula Esguera. And Paula is a fabulous woman um, who has an amazing job now with the um, Portland Japan Japanese Garden Institute, something like that anyway. And she invited me to their gala last year, which was wonderful. Um, I met some really fabulous people there. And again, it's that kind of constant flow of stuff. So one year I invited Paula to offer her decluttering services to my to my um clients for to my one year clients, because I liked to just make it very at that time, I just loved making it very generous with lots of different options for people to better their their lives as a as a life coach. I wanted to pull other people in. Um, and then some people went on to hire her again. And again, this kind of this flow of generosity came back as she came back to me as a client and then she got her job and then she um, invited me to the gala last year. So a love letter to Paula. Thank you, Paula. Sarah Reeves, who is a really amazing kind of philanthropist and entertainer. She's a DJ. She's a mate. Um, you know, we've always talked about doing something together. Let's see if that happens. But uh, she went to, she did a decluttering thing a couple of years ago, she started to do a thing called Lighten the Load, where she came and helped people. I think a couple of her friends, Clutter, had gone a little bit on the kind of borderline hoarder side, and she was helping them. She's very compassionate and very kind and very caring. And again, I recommended her to my clients. I don't think I hired her into the business. I can't remember. But I, I definitely recommended her to some of my clients. And they did remarkable clear outs with her. And uh, 
she came here and helped Paula came here when I very first moved in to help me sort things out um to throw things away it's not just decluttering it's about how to organize your stuff as well and then she and then uh Sarah came and did because Paula stopped doing that service and then Sarah came and uh, did a couple of sessions with me as well really really helpful really helpful like I think the funny thing was like I've got a bit of a fixation with jam jars and she opened the jam jar drawer and she goes right let's get stuck into that and I just closed it and went we don't we don't go in there <laughs> and that's my kind of one little hoarder cluster <laughs> hoarder nest is my jam jars um, but she helped me with all kinds of stuff, junk drawers, all, all kinds of things, and really helped me to throw things away and sort things out to the point where now I can just kind of do it myself and things are pretty much in hand. And especially when I was in the recovery phase after my hysterectomy, I was able to kind of tackle some of the snarly areas that had, had, had appeared. So thank you to my two declutter coaches and to my cleaners as well. So over the years, I've had some cleaners come in and help to um, clean my house on the every other week or every week or every month and ironing and clean, just doing those things that I'm not very good at. Cleaners are amazing. They're so skilled. And I can't remember the name now. What's the name of the, the cleaner? Um, I was recommended by my friend Tracy, who runs a uh, short-term rental business. And so, of course, she has a kind of a legion of cleaners who clean her properties. And so she um, recommended me her cleaner, whose name was Elvira, maybe? Um, I forget now. But, uh, yeah, so that was some years ago in my... Oh, Vilma. Her name was Vilma. That's right. And... Uh, she was brilliant. Sometimes she brought a friend with her as well. And uh, but that was in my old place in Nakano. I wouldn't know where to start finding a cleaner now. I tell a lie. My friend Kirsten, who I'll be hanging out with tomorrow, she runs a cleaning company and an Airbnb, she and her husband. And they do something called a maid service, which is a kind of more premium clean, a bit more expensive. Um, and I had them come and do my bathroom and kitchen just before my brother-in-law came the other year because I was like oh. <laughs> I don't want them to judge me <laughs> oh dear I'm, I really don't care now yeah brilliant so I've already mentioned Few Japan my love letter to Few Japan you have supported me so much over the years um it's just a brilliant organization every single iteration I will not disrespect any iteration of it, any um, presidency, any decisions that were made. Um, it's a constantly evolving organization, but few, being part of Few Japan changed my life. It increased my self-esteem. It increased my confidence, it increased my practical options, it increased my client base, it increased my business. The generosity of each president who's who's been to kind of support me and my business. And when I say me, I mean, anybody, I mean, anybody who is a member and, and so on. Uh, just a fantastic, fantastic uh, proposition. Yeah. So Few Japan, thank you. My love letter to you. Now, another amazing woman, another amazing individual who really gets the, the way of things that, who really had this kind of 
old school. I think these people are dying out a bit now and I don't want their essence to die. And I don't want my essence to die as things change and younger generations don't have the same kind of um, sense of reciprocity, I think, or graciousness or something. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I want to remember these people as they, as they kind of retire. So Amy Hanashiro, Amy Hanashiro, she used to run the um, rental service, the um, monthly rental, the four-star rental where I did the clothing mega swaps. And basically what happened was online, I said that I'd been to a clothing swap because what we were doing at that time was me and some of my friends were doing, um, what do you call it? Me and some of my friends were, it wasn't me, it was my friend Renee she would always organize these things called naked lady parties where we'd go around to somebody's house. We'd all get naked, not get naked, but like, you know, you take your clothes off to try on clothes and you know, that would be like 10 to 15 people, no, 10, 10 people max, let's say. And, um, it was brilliant. I loved it. And I posted that on Facebook one day. And then another friend, Kit Nagamura, who's a brilliant artist and, um, writer, she said, Oh, when are you going to do a big one? like you used to run with few because we'd run some clothes swaps through few which you know we had like 20 30 maybe 40 people come to a friend's um the open area in their apartment block and amy hanashiro jumped onto this facebook thread this is the joy of facebook actually jumped onto this facebook thread and said if you want to i will donate as part of our csr the lounge of the um of the building that I run. Okay. And I said, okay, name a date. I think it was like March, March 8th or whatever it was. Get that date in. Bob's your uncle. And I, and we had a, a clothes swap there. And I think the first one, there was only about 40 people there. And like I said, the last one, it was 160, which was a nightmare. And then again, all these people, and I just always had this, this feeling, and I'm sure I was you know, motivated by Maurice San and all the other amazing women that I have been to been my mentors and shone the light on me. Like I always thought, right, I, I don't just want this to be a clothing exchange. I want it to be kind of community. I want to involve people who come in and speak. And so every time I would have like three or four speakers who kind of interested me or had something to do with creative community or sustainability or um slow life or something like that. So I you know I had um Angela Ortiz Petas come in when she was working for H&M and that's how I got my um, um, partnership with H&M to take away the leftover clothes and you know people who were like selling fabrics or making things from recycled things or who had you know organic organic cosmetics lines or um yoga studios and just things like that people who were building community or um who who were doing kind of gardening workshops and things like that so it was just very very it was a very kind of potent time a very fertile time back then it was really amazing and um you know and and just had so many people there. I did that for about 3 years so I did 12 plus swaps there and I would get up and speak and sometimes I would get clients from that coaching clients through that and a lot of my coaching clients would go to those things as well it was just 
it was just great. It was so easy. And, and it was so easy and so fabulous because Amy just ran it like the tightest shit going. Like she is an incredible woman. No faffing around, no dithering around. The first time we did it, it was like an experiment. So I was like, okay, I need, um, you know, I, I printed off pieces of paper with like small, medium, large on it and ladies and accessories and shoes and blah, 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 bags, what have you. And she just picked up on all of this. And then the next time I went, the whole thing was set up before I even arrived. She'd printed everything off. She'd stuck it to the tables, had a microphone uh, and a bell. And she was just brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. She made things easy. And the thing that she, well, I, that I love about her and was, it was always like, she always recognized what everybody else was doing as well. So she kind of honored and recognized what I was bringing to the table, which again, ADHD would tell me is nothing. And I didn't have to do anything. You know, people are always side-eyeing going, yes, you did. But it, it's good for me to listen to myself saying this, even kind of stumbling on my words a bit now, but she would always be like, you know, you're, she would always, she would always compliment me um, for doing what I do. And I think, well, I don't understand why, but now I get it. I get it. Like I have to humble myself to other people's kind of witnessing. I think you should too. I think you should humble yourself to other people's compliments. And especially if you're neurodiverse, you must, must, must receive them. You know, you must receive those comments humbly, not reject them modestly, but humbly accept them and, um, let them let them land inside you because otherwise you'll become just um living on a lie so amy hanashiro thank you this is my love letter to you all right who else have we got here okay the british chamber of commerce so the british chamber of commerce was my first introduction to the British Chamber of Commerce was when my friend Laurie Henderson took over as the executive director. And it was about the same, it was the same time that I was the president of FEW for Empowering Women. And it was just before the earthquake, the massive earthquake. So I think she took on the role in February 2011 and I became the president of few in September 2011 I believe so this was great timing because the executive director of one of the biggest chambers of commerce in Japan was a woman and so of course things were starting to innovate the leadership team was starting to innovate it was becoming less of the same kind of the same demographics and becoming a more interesting and diverse demographic and we were so happy and so as we were friends and I really admired her as well and what she was doing and we were both leading these organizations so I just went and asked her you know if few Japan was to pay for an entrepreneurial membership from our bank account for our members what could you offer me and she said we will, you can nominate two people to be the kind of nominated kind of heads of this, but all your members, every member of few, which was in the hundreds, were, can come at a member rate to our events. Amazing. So that would open doors. And, and interestingly, it wasn't taken up as much as I thought it might be. I went regularly at member rate 
um, having paid my few Japan membership. Um, but um, it wasn't taken up as as it didn't it wasn't as popular as I thought it might be for the members to kind of level up. But I suppose the people who did want to access that level of networking did use it. So and that that continued for oh, a good 10 years after that, um, that we were we had that special membership so that we could pay the British Chamber of Commerce and pay back to future uh, and future Japan members got that benefit as well. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it was such a potent time, a really, really potent time. And then I would be invited as one of the nominated um, attendees to the Women in Business Conference, um, representing few and representing myself. And there was just, again, there was this lovely kind of circular um, back and forth. So even though there was a transaction in place, this much money for this much service, um, it was also, there's also just this sense of, of, of cyclical gratitude and giving back and elevating people. I think we'll be getting back to that. I can feel it coming. And then future, and then British Chamber of Commerce. I've been a member for many years now for my business, and for one year I was on their board of directors, the executive committee. Um, but I just did one year. I again, I couldn't find my way into it, but I wasn't well either. I, I think that's probably one of it. I was just a bit overwhelmed with everything, being on two boards of directors and running journey programs and blah 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 and all this kind of. I'm just having my busiest years, and it was COVID, and I was heading into the menace storm. Little did I know. Um, so I just did one year on the the, the executive committee. Um, so Sarah Backley then became the new executive director. She's brilliant as well. And they did a little feature on me last year. I am going to admit now that the timing was off for me then because I was in the shit hot garbage dump of the menace storm. And so it was it felt like it was the right time. And they were doing this kind of feature on small business transition. And um, it felt like something that would really like boost me and help the business. But actually, it, it did the opposite for me. Not the opposite. For me, personally, it was just the timing was off. I, I It was just the timing was off for me. On the other hand, for the chamber, brilliant. Thank you very much. I salute. And this is my love letter to the British Chamber of Commerce. Your amazing events over the years, some that have stuck with me really, really hard. Brilliant social events, British Business Awards, amazing. I've been nominated for three, but my clients have won a slew of awards, all kinds of different awards and been nominated for loads of awards as well. So it's brilliant. All right. Um, Kyle McCloskey, my partner, who started the legends with me at the beginning it was videos so I was going to be kind of like the uh Oprah <laughs> it was kind of an Oprah style kind of Marie Folio style of like interview with video I loved working with Kyle he was so creative it was such an amazing creative endeavor I think we did a year and a half and we did like one a month um and it was videoed and he he edited it down and he's a terrific video editor as well 
And then sadly, COVID put paid to people being in the same room. We just we just had to make a call. Should we continue doing this? And the last one I did was with the amazing drag queen, mother of the House of Schwartz, um, or the leader of the House of Schwartz, um, Nat Mara, a.k.a. Yukiro Draverius. And um, they performed at my party, my um, uh, 10-year party as well, hosting. And they're just brilliant. I just love them. And that was such a good interview as well. It's really good fun. And it was in my friend Rich's bar. So Kyle McCloskey for our creative endeavors together. Uh, I salute you. <laughs> this is my love letter to you and our project, our sadly short-lived project. Um, <clears throat> I also um, want to salute two people who are photographers. So on my one year programs, I find that people really, I, there was something I really wanted from the coach as I was coaching people through this one year program and taking them on this kind of one year journey of coaching with me, of being in a group of decluttering or getting an intuitive coach or intuitive coaching just for fun or whatever it was. Um, I also thought, think it's really good for people to have professional photographs two reasons number one it's really nice to have a good looking linkedin photograph and some and and you know five or six photographs that you can use places that are going to level you up but the kind of sneaky the sneaky learning there is that um when you get photographs you have to kind of reach inside yourself and humble yourself to the photographer and try and bring your put your best foot forward and bring your best to the table. And then the results can be absolutely beautiful, like really amazing. And so that's what happened is, um, first of all, I asked my friend Laura, who's a photographer to come in and she had put a call out saying that she would people buy some photo packages from her because she wanted to buy a, a new lens, but she needed to, she needed to sell some photo packages before. So she'd got these kind of packages called the rock star and this kind of thing. And so I said, listen, if I purchase um, packages for five or six of my clients as part of their one year program, what can you do for me? And so she gave me a very reasonably priced package. I think it was called the rock star for, um, for my clients. I think it was just the unicorns that year. And so then I was able to just, again, just give her a lump sum and then put her in contact with my clients and they all worked it out together to get their photographs done. And um, yeah, brilliant. So, and she was able to buy the lens she wanted. And again, it's just this sense of, of reciprocity, this sense of like, oh, that person needs that. What can they, and she's also been on my podcast as well. She's a, a really interesting character. She also, like my uh, partner in the writing uh, writing programs that I sell. Um, she also went back to university and did a creative writing masters that she did really well in and now is, you know, on her way to being a writer as well. So, um, yeah, I just, I just really loved it. It was like, ah, oh, she wants that. I've got this. My clients could benefit from having new photographs and from learning how to be in front of the camera, put those two things together game on loved it loved it loved it and I liked it so much then Laura left she went off and did like a 200 or 400 hour yoga training in Bali and then went and taught in Spain for a year or something and then went back to the UK and did her master's 
And then um, there's a Tokyo-based photographer called Tia Haygood. Haywood? Haygood. Haygood. Tia Haygood, who's also a great photographer. She's been on my podcast and I uh, invited her in to replace Laura for a couple of years, maybe two or three years. And again, it's that kind of sense of, okay, I bring her in and now I know that those other people are using, the people who are in my program are now using her. And, um, you know, it just keeps, it keeps the flow moving. It keeps the flow moving when you constantly kind of, um, yeah, you, you introduce people in and then they, are then used by other people. So people get to know them, but they might not, you know, you might think, oh, I'd love to have a photo shoot with Tia or Laura or whoever it is, but never get round to it. But once you make that connection and once they do it once and they've got, you know, um, they've got the proof of service, then they will, it, it helps that person's business to grow as well. And then there's just more, there's more abundance, more generosity in our emotional fields and, so it goes on. So that's my love letter to my photographers. Um, and let's see. Oh, and Angela Ortiz as well. Angela Ortiz Petas, I want to honor you. You have um, just been so generous and kind and thoughtful, again, in, in introducing me to people. I'm very specifically talking about a pub quiz where I have... Um, where she, I was invited to offer a prize and was kind of a sponsored member of that thing. Like I was a highlighted small business and she had been my client. She's been on a podcast. Um, I was her matron of honor at her wedding as well, but it was that kind of let's highlight Sarah. Let's have her give away a, um, let's have her give away a package at our pub quiz where they were raising money for place to grow. And uh, the person who won it then went on to be a paying client. So they had four sessions with me or three, I can't remember, and then went on to be a paying client. So there's there's real results that happen from that. And I think I also want to have a, a very big thank you to my kind of most loyal client, Sarah Bull. <laughs> She's also become my mate over the years, but she's just such an amazing and terrific champion of SFC and um, also good friends with Laura, who also I will offer a love letter to Laura as well, who has um, also been somebody who I highlighted within the business. Um, I purchased hours. So I thought, what's going to help my clients to get like sometimes what they're trying to get over is like self-confidence, self-esteem issues. So that's photographer having a photographer helps with that sometimes yeah their photographs look like crap so that's that as well sometimes they find it hard to create a nice environment at home to work in or to live in that's the declutter coaches sometimes they might want something a bit more magical or esoteric so that's the uh, intuitive coach christine but sometimes they have real concrete um real concrete admin problems that they need to get over. So um, and so I decided that I'd been very happy with Laura's services and we started working together about 10 years ago, maybe, maybe nine years ago. 
and I'd been very happy with her service and very impressed and I'd introduced her to other people who'd also given good feedback so I thought right I think that if I offer my clients three hours with Laura then um, that will help them to get beyond some of their admin woes. If that's the blocker for them making moves and so on, some people used it to help them move house that you would find them a removal company. Other people wanted them to start a spreadsheet. Other people just wanted straightforward admin work. Some people I'd already introduced her to and I'd already taken her on as their kind of admin person. So they were helping out with the website and the um emails and so on just all kinds of admin management stuff like social media things whatever it is um and so all my clients got three hours with her so all my one-year clients got three hours with her as part of their package and it just really really helped them but it also gave laura clients too so she was highlighted to them and then they would recommend her to other people and so on and so on and so on. And it just keeps that lovely kind of flow going. So in addition to serving my clients, serving me, there's also this beautiful kind of flow that happens there and uh, keeps going. So this was this creative musings. Again, I'm not quite ready to talk about the kind of dark side or downside of of the menace storm because well it's been a very sad time having lost Maurice-san Yasko Maurice-san so that's something I'm just processing and also it's only been two months since I had my operation and I'm kind of learning who I am and um, I'm going very slowly slower than I think my husband would like and so on so I wanted to do another love letter today because I wanted to honour Maurice-san and I wanted to honour all the other people who have been the scaffolding um, this morning in our um, grief circle, which I should also honour and send a love letter to Gretchen Miora as well, because she's just one of the most, I'm so blessed with the partners I have um, in my uh, business partnerships. Carolyn in the writing workshops and Gretchen in the grief circles. The grief circle is really amazing support system for me as well. Even though we run it, we are in it too. Um, is that um, our opening question was what kind of internal resources do you have and what external resources do you have? And this is just to honor a lot of the external resources that I have. So last week was the uh, love letter to my coaches. And this week is the love letter to my collaborators and business partners and people I outsource to. But it's beyond that because these people who I've attracted, I'm now realizing it's much more than I just rock up by the service. They say thanks and then we're gone. It's a whole ecosystem that was built up and generated over the years by us all. And it is so filled with gratitude and um, and just this sense of helping people to move on. I feel like this got lost a little bit in COVID and maybe something, I don't know, something went off a little bit, off off the rails a little bit with this. It feels like Maybe it's because I isolated myself a little bit because of the menace storm. Or maybe there is just a kind of late stage capitalism as is in some kind of chokehold. <laughs> but it was it felt like a very, very innovative 
way of doing capitalism and way of doing business and way of doing commerce in a really creative way. And I loved it. Um, and I was the recipient of such unbelievable generosity, innovation, loyalty, kindness, um, and gratitude. Oh my God. Like I said, like I did a whole episode on, on the times that I felt humbled because of like amazing things that people had done that just made me feel unconditional love. Of course, there are conditions with all these things I've talked about, but there was just this kind of rolling sense of kindness and generosity and generosity of spirit and generosity of gratitude and and rec constant recognition of what we're doing for each other. And I think as I'm talking about this, I want to find my way back into that somehow. Um, I still feel a bit weird and a bit rocky. Um but I'm just learning to be an entirely new person, a person who doesn't mask in the same way. You may get a mask. It's like the dance of the seven veils. Only myself gets the totally unmasked version. And even then, I'm never quite sure how far back I've gone. And to anybody out there who's thinking, oh, well, everybody masks to some degree. We all have to change our behaviors to some degree. No, 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 that's not it. It's an an effort, a constant feedback loop of a feedback loop of effort for people with autism or ADHD or other neurodiversities. Um, you're on this constant feedback loop all the time. It's like you have a version of yourself watching. It's like you have to have enough energy to two versions of yourself. It's not like you walk into a room, take the temperature, and go right. This is what this is the you know, this is what Debrett says I should do here, or, oh, I know this. Um, I go from the outside to the inside with the cutlery. It's not that kind of thing. It's it's way more like constant, constant feedback loop of checking in on yourself. I don't know where that came from. I have forgotten where that came from. Oh, yeah, and just a quick check in on where I am at, at the moment as a 52-year-old professional who's unmasking. Um, also, having had the hysterectomy, I'm learning what my new kind of mood cycle is, just mood cycle. So um, that's that's interesting to note as well. And um, sobriety keeps giving back as well. So this kind of new combination of a new kind of mood cycle, plus, now that I've had a hysterectomy, plus sobriety. So that's a new relationship between those the two things. Plus my executive functions being much better, but still energy levels can't be counted on to be consistent throughout the week. And, um, you know, that's one reason why I'm doing this now is because I'm supposed to be doing something else. I'm recording this now because I'm supposed to be populating some something with something. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a it's a nonstop kind of assessment of where I am. And, you know, some might say these are these are uh, uh, interesting problems to have or hashtag first world problems or something like that. Well, that's where I live. This is where I live. This is my life. This is your life. If you're listening to this, no doubt as well. Your life is a, a combination of all the things that happen around you and the scaffolding that holds us up are those kind of external things. And then there's the internal things that also um look after us 
our internal resources as well and that's i'm i'm finding out who i am within all of this right now but what i do know is that this what i have to offer right now is it's just a terrific amount of gratitude an abundance of love letters to the people who hold my businesses together who hold me who hold me up who you know make me feel loved and normal and ordinary and who help me to get things together and and who have eased my life over the years and inspired me and shown me how to do commerce and capitalism in new and interesting ways and the the lead person in this today who I honor from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of my deep deep sadness and condolences is Mari Yasko-san from Mari Tax and Consulting, uh, the woman who devoted herself to the sustainable prosperity of society and the well-being of people through her business progress and development based on the principles that are everlasting throughout the ages. She provided a feeling of relief and security to her clients. And she called us in to keep our visions higher and to learn from all over the world and sustain our progress. Yasko Mori, thank you. Thank you. And rest in peace. Thank you so much for listening to these creative musings and stories of reinvention. And if it's Guests Week, big love and gratitude to our guests. Go follow them everywhere. Shout out to Laura Maroshima for her podcast management and support. I would love if you would follow and subscribe this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a friend you think would love or benefit from it. You can also find me at Sarah Brewer Creative on Facebook and Instagram and get on my occasional, very occasional newsletter list at sarahbrewer.com. I just love that you're here and I'll catch you the next time on the Legends Podcast. Rise like a phoenix, baby. And don't forget to take other people with you. Bye.